Coffee's ready. Guest is ready. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Prodigy podcast. We are on episode 36 with Ollie Webb. And Ollie, if you don't know him, competed on submission series over lockdown and one's the pe- one of the people feeding our jiu-jitsu habits um, whilst we all sat on our sofa moving up to the next weight class. So, Ollie, how are you? I'm good, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. How are you doing? I'm all good, thanks. And uh, one of the things that, uh, well, to start off the kind of the interview, I thought um, the best place, because it's a shared experience that anyone who's done even any form of martial art or sport, but specifically jujitsu as well, is like when and where was the first place that you that you saw jujitsu that you kind of began to fall in love with? Was it love at first sight or was it something that you kind of grew to love? Yeah, good question. Um, I can't remember the first place I saw jujitsu. I've I've been someone who's listened to podcasts for years and years now. So I started probably with watching the Joe Rogan experience and um, listening to him talk about jujitsu, along with talking to guys like uh, Jocko Willink and stuff, um, and just talking about like the benefits aside from, you know. Uh, just the fighting aspect of things um it really interested me so i i eventually decided to give it a go and i hadn't seen much jujitsu before i stepped into elements and elements is the first place i went so i guess elements was like my first exposure to jujitsu um but yeah that's that's kind of how i i fell into it what what was it about those kind of the the benefits aside from the the, the physical aspect of knowing jujitsu and knowing how to defend yourself and knowing a martial art? What what were those other aspects that kind of drew you in so much? Well, I suppose it it was the it was sort of like I saw the lifestyle that those kind of guys lived, and I found it appealing because I used to be a musician, so I used to tour around as a drummer in a band and stuff like that. And it was amazing and it was like a creative outlet. Um, but the lifestyle was very much sort of like drinking culture and going out and getting smashed and not sleeping properly and um, all of that kind of stuff. And it was just sort of catching up with me. And then I was like, I'm, I'm a very addicted, I get addicted to things. And I was like, if I'm going to get addicted to something, I want to get addicted to something that's going to be productive and healthy for me. Which is sort of, which is sort of like what uh, what I saw jujitsu could be. I, I didn't know if it would or not. And then, very very quickly after training, maybe a month or so in, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to be addicted to this. And I, I, and I know a lot of people say that you know that it's addicting or whatever, but it really was it really was addicting for me pretty quickly. And there's something about having a a thing in your life that I mean going from uh touring as well or being a musician which would people could describe as quite a, a chaotic uh lifestyle to then having something that is very structured I think that's what people uh, one of the things uh I mean I, I would profess to it as well would be that it's very structured and there's nice to have that kind of thing in your life which is quite ordered and you can decide how much it kind of controls the order in your life yeah it de- it definitely starts out that way <laughs> because because it's it's super it, there's it gives your life structure for sure but then the more you become competitive and the more you want to do well you can 
you know you can run into the field of overtraining and under recovering and just constantly thinking about jiu-jitsu and becoming obsessive and taking it to a place where it isn't healthy and sometimes that's like what's necessary in order to become super super high level so it's almost you know anything you take you can abuse and you can definitely abuse jiu-jitsu in, in, the, in the same way you can abuse other things so it's um there's a yin and yang to it and there's a sense of learning from learning from your mistakes as well and learning from things like overtraining or uh or bad diets or whatever it may be there's something about the fact that it it gives you opportunities to learn from those things because we've all done it we've all been there we've all maybe tried to cut weight when we shouldn't have or gone done too many sessions when actually we could have done with one or two less yeah for sure you talked about um joining elements and how was it is it has it been kind of uh, a big part of the fact that you have been with that one gym the entire time in the entire time um and having kind of those group or group of people around you who've seen you grow and develop as a competitor yeah jo- joining elements isn't it is, was a i feel very very lucky to have that place you know where i live um i i've trained you know, I've trained in America and I've trained around the UK and I've trained in a lot of different gyms and there's lots of places where you have a very nice people and a good atmosphere and people are, you know, around you to help you and stuff. But I feel like the biggest like family atmosphere I've ever had in any gym, like the vibe that I've picked up on has definitely been elements. Um, just like the most Yusuf's just made a place where like everyone feels welcome and for me that that is where uh, i'm most productive you know like of course it's good to step outside of your comfort zone and you have to make yourself do that as often as you can but being comfortable with the people around you knowing that everyone around you is there to help you and like actually cares makes getting to the gym very very easy you know i never have to convince myself to go and train because i know i'm going to have fun even if I'm getting my ass kicked, I'm going to be surrounded by people that I actually enjoy being around. So it's, um, yeah, I'm very grateful that um, I found that place. When people talk about, uh, we like to talk about jujitsu and people who, who, who kind of get entrenched in jujitsu can go on for ages talking about all the little details of techniques and stuff. Sometimes what we don't talk about or, or isn't talked about as often is the impact of having social circles and people in your life who are there to is once you've kind of leave school it's it's kind of a weird thing that suddenly you don't have a group of people who are learning at the same time as you yeah it's um it's interesting yeah i i guess older people come from i i mean i sort of went straight from school and then I went to uh, college straight to university and then jujitsu. So I never really had a gap where like I wasn't learning things. I've always been obsessed with learning. So I guess like, like people who have left school and got jobs and done that, done that route and then come back would have had a very different experience to me because they'll have to like learn how to learn again and all that kind of thing. I didn't really have that because, because I'd literally come straight from learning music and being in university and stuff like that. Um, and I think really that sort of like l- being c- 
coming straight from a learning environment in university because like because university has obviously been around for a long time mm. and the people who teach in universities really know what they're doing a lot of the time and jujitsu is very new and the way a lot of gyms teach jujitsu and a lot of the way people learn jujitsu is is still um i would put i would say like underdeveloped because it's a new sport and i think i had an advantage coming in from like university because i i was taught by some people who were very 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 good teachers and it it helped me um it helped me learn jujitsu quicker i think what is it about having how how do you think jujitsu will develop in terms of the teaching do you think that people will i mean we're starting to get people with things like i mean instructionals have been around forever but people are starting to change the way they teach they're starting to think of new methods or new formulas to teach jujitsu do you think things will change yeah, I think I definitely think things will change just because of how much of a new sport it is. I mean, I'm definitely not qualified to t- tell people how they should learn jujitsu, but I think you know what we're seeing is, for example, someone like John Danaher, who's come from a very, um, what's the word, uh, like an academic background. An, an academic background of like a very high standard he comes in and he applies his you know intelligence and his understanding of things to jujitsu and i think the more people like that come into jujitsu the more it's going to push the like learning side forward because you've seen just like you know he's a very 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 smart guy and you've seen what he's been able to do just one person coming into jujitsu you know so i think the more that those kinds of people come into jujitsu um the the quicker the uh, the way we learn will, will be developed and it's, it's an interesting point you make and actually from your own personal experience is there anything that you've learned over your time of uh, practicing jiu-jitsu that have changed how how your development has maybe kind of progressed is there things that you've learned or methods that maybe personally work for you whether it be taking notes or, or doing any form of kind of changing the methodology of learning jiu-jitsu um that's a that's a difficult one to answer i mean there's there's little things that i do that i don't see other people do maybe um i sort of so i i have instructionals on my phone and you know i guess the idea of an instructional is you buy it and you watch it from the beginning until the end and you know you take all 15 that you do like one hour at a time and I find that very difficult to do. I, I generally will go to instructionals and find uh, parts of the instructional where I'm like, that's a part of my game I need to work on. And I work specifically on that because then I'm going to be more interested and I take it in more. And then the other thing I do is I will screen record like small, like short clips of techniques and then put them into a folder. So then when I go to drill, I have like very small clips that I can like go over and stuff like that. Um, so I suppose that's something that I do that's a little bit different, but yeah. I think, I think everyone struggles with the fact that an instructional can sometimes be 15 hours long, depending on who's yeah. you buy. And <laughs> yeah. it, it can be a lot to ingest in one sitting. I don't think I've ever watched an, an instructional in one sitting ever. 
No, they're very, very long. Especially if you uh, if you buy one of John Danaher's one, then it's even longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so you've 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 competed, like I mentioned in the intro. You are one of the people who helped us uh, keep entertained with jujitsu during lockdown for UK jujitsu during lockdown. You competed in um, the submission series that was run by the Grapple Club over over a year ago. I can't even remember when it was now. Um, yeah, it was about over a year ago. Yeah, and uh, you you compete against someone called Riley Daniels, and I think it was a great way of displaying, well, for both of you as well, but particularly for you, what your jiu-jitsu was all about, to put it simply. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah, that was a great opportunity. Um, I'm uh, I'm friends with Riley now. We're cool, and he's 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 focusing more on MMA now, which is really cool. Um, but that uh, yeah, that was a cool match because I really obviously the cameras on you, everyone can see everything you're doing, and I obviously I'm a lot better than I was then, but um, I got to definitely demonstrate my style, and I think that is something that's going to separate me from other people, and something that I'm you know proud of is like my style and um it's sort of you know wrestling and jujitsu and top top, staying on top but also integrating leg locks and back attacks and stuff like that um and i think like nowadays having like an exciting jujitsu style is probably the most important thing if you want to be successful because there's some people who are very good and win matches but not many people know who they are um so yeah that was a that was a great opportunity to um to be able to do that do you think it's not enough now for people like you say to be to be successful there are now that jiu-jitsu is growing we're having a lot of people who are being really successful in jiu-jitsu but to to put on exciting matches is something that is is almost required of you if you, if you do want to draw a bit of that spotlight yeah absolutely yeah i think it's it's it seems to be the most important thing because you know for I think especially for people who don't watch jiu-jitsu, I mean, people who don't do jiu-jitsu, um, they don't know what's going on. And I think that can be sometimes the problem with gi jiu-jitsu nowadays is it's very, it's slow and it's obviously methodical. And, you know, if you if you know the sport, it's exciting. But I think what fans want to see is dynamic movement. And, you know, wrestling, of course, uh, allows that. And the no-gi submission uh submission only tournaments in general allow that more you know so um that's that's sort of the the direction i would want to go in more because that's you know my favorite athletes come from that background like gary tonin and people like that um so those those are the guys whose footsteps i sort of want to follow in and people i I, it's it's almost like marmite wrestling um it's it people either love it or they hate it but and it's something that i'm quite passionate about people doing in jiu-jitsu and and its importance and its value in becoming an all-around jiu-jitsu athlete even though it is a different sport but it is in some ways part of jiu-jitsu as well um why why would you if you had to convince someone the value of you know making sure you get to that to that wrestling class and to build their wrestling base as a jiu-jitsu competitor why how would you convince them for that probably number one is because if you pull guard you're generally considered a loser by me so 
don't do that. But I, w- I would say um, the, the, the original reason I learned wrestling was because I felt like when I learned jujitsu as a martial art, um, from a self-defense perspective or an MMA perspective, if you're going to do a martial art that solely exists on the ground, you better have a good way of getting to the ground. And, um, you know, I think it's so important for that reason, you know, and if you neglect that, you know, you could be the best guy in the world on, on your back, but if someone attacks you, it's like, you know, if you don't have a way of getting the fight to the ground, that's a massive drawback. So I think it's that that's probably the most important reason generally for everyone. Um, yeah, like I've been lucky enough to train with Dom, obviously Dominic Dillon from who trains in the same gym as me. And he's, he was the former um, catch wrestling world champion. He's got tons of knowledge in that area. And I've also got to train with John Hathaway a fair bit, who's obviously a UFC fighter and him and him and Dom train together quite a lot. And I've trained with him um, over in his gym. So I've had some like, you know, very good guys to, to be around. Um, other reasons from that, I think, I mean, if we're going to do straight jujitsu, I understand why people avoid it. You know, I think people avoid it because it's hard, you know, and I think people get away with being not so athletic and doing jujitsu. And you kind of have to develop some, not even kind of, you have to develop some sort of athleticism to be able to do wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it's hard, but it's, it's uh, you know, it's just as technical as jujitsu is. And I think maybe wrestlers sometimes think our oh, wrestlers are tough and jujitsu guys are smart um, and wrestling's all about brute force and jujitsu is all about technique, but it's really not true. I mean, obviously wrestlers are very tough individuals, but um, it's, it's a super technical sport. And, and the, the more you get into it, the more, the more you realize that, of course. And there's, there's, there's nothing, uh, there's, there's no bad, things that can happen from be either being a better wrestler or being more athletic as a jiu-jitsu athlete you're never gonna you're never gonna suck because you're you're less athletic as a jiu-jitsu athlete no absolutely absolutely and i think it does develop people go well how do those those skills transfer once you you end up on the ground but especially for someone like yourself who does like to put that top pressure on and you know um pass guard and focus on trying to play top it, it adds so many benefits you even though they may not be directly transferable suddenly your understanding of people's movement even though they're on their back suddenly it can change how you pressure and how you pass and all of those kind of aspects absolutely yeah it totally gives you a better understanding i mean especially of how your body moves you know you have to move your body correctly and able to to wrestle someone so just being a, being able to move your body in the correct way you know you have to do that when you wrestle there's no way around it so that's a big plus i mean i would say though on the like on the flip side of that there's obviously a lot of people who play top and wrestle and who don't like to play guard and i think that's in in the jiu-jitsu sense that's like another big um thing that can hinder your progress so recently in the last maybe six months to a year i've been playing a lot more guard as well and obviously you can integrate the two 
by wrestling up and you're seeing a lot more people wrestle up now as one of the most effective ways of playing guard just take the person down from a seated position or whatever um so i i like that style a lot as well and you talked about how dom people like dominic dylan john hathaway have influenced this this style and 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 the fact that you've learned um you've you've been more proficient in wrestling than maybe you would have been without them but we talk i like to talk a bit about role models on here people have influenced you and training with the likes of dominic dillon and yusuf nabi and hathaway and all these other people and what impact has has that had on you um to have those those people who've achieved um, a variety of things actually as well from MMA to BJJ to wrestling. What impact has that had on both your competitive and personal life? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, they're all so different. I mean, um, initially when I started, um, Dom was had his brown belt and he was competing what seemed to me like every single weekend. And I didn't know that was even possible. I was like, you know, because I watched UFC, I was like, people fight, fight a couple of times a year. I didn't even know that people competed that much in jiu-jitsu. So he was just competing every weekend and he was winning sometimes. And he, he was winning a lot, but he was losing as well. Um, and it was just like, it was so cool to just see like a real person do that. Because you never, you never meet these people that you see, you know, on the television and you've see these films about it was kind of like meeting a real person who's like an actual warrior who goes out and fights and loses and wins but like no matter what happens they get out there and I think I remember so I I think I maybe got my blue belt on the same day he got his black belt I might be wrong (laughs) but that was that was that was very inspiring to me because I was like you know he's he's a brown belt he was like a four stripe brown belt he was catch wrestling world champion and he was he was going out and beating everyone up in competition but he still didn't get his black belt and it was like somebody seeing someone get something they really deserved and i was like okay when i get my black belt i i want to have earned it as much as him you know so that was like the initial um inspiration i got from dom alongside just seeing like what he could do in the gym just amazed always amazed me and then i would say yusuf um has always been more of a gi guy he i think he's he was still com- he's he's been injured for the last sort of year um but he was still competing in the gi fairly regularly when i came in i i always of course his jiu-jitsu is amazing right i always was inspired by yusuf just by his personality and who he is and just he's um he's like somebody who who who's very cool and very nice and you know um of course in jiu-jitsu people want to be tough guys and all this kind of thing or in just the fight world in general but he's just someone who's very down to earth and just like yeah just like a very down to earth person but in the most you know the he's like one of the most down-to-earth people i've ever met and he's just uh he's a good coach he's a good motivator he he won't he won't um he won't always tell you what you want to hear you know there's been uh, lots of times when i've like done really well in the gym and feeling like god i really need some praise and he and he doesn't he doesn't give out praise very easily 
Mm-hmm. So when he, you know, so his, his his word means a lot. You know, if he if he gives you a compliment or he says something nice to you, it does a, it does mean a lot. And he's just um he's got a good way of sort of Mr. Moyagiing it in a, in a in a way, and and not always always giving telling you what you want to hear, and that motivates you. People talk about different coaching styles. There's something about when you know you know the value of someone's word the same way you 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 wanted you want to know that you've earned that black belt value is so much a it's almost like this untouchable thing in jujitsu it's the fact that even though we have ranks and we have belts and categories and all these kind of maybe physical things there's something about the fact that you know you, if you personally know that what someone said whether it's a bit of praise or whether it's a success or a failure, having having that value is even almost more important than other things when you're looking to other people. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. Having someone like Dom, who did compete as often as he has done and still continues to, um, has that has that influenced how you see competing? Because it I think it was nice the fact that you mentioned that he came away and he'd be competing often, but he, whether he was winning or losing more wins than losses, but still seeing both sides of that coin, did that influence how then you went to go and compete? Yeah. I mean, I think that's my, maybe my problem, like that Dom doesn't potentially suffer from quite as much as like, I really can't stand losing, you know, and I haven't, because I haven't competed nearly as much as I've wanted to because of the situation maybe I haven't maybe one of my weaknesses is I haven't uh, accustomed myself to losing that much yet um so yeah I watch how he is and I aspire to be like that but I'm 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 still not there at least you're honest with the fact that that is is something that you're gonna because people do it and people people will at some point in people's journey they they will have to become accustomed to uh, especially at the higher levels of the fact that there are people who may be able to beat you on one day but the next week you go turn around and beat them and people don't like people don't really talk about it often the fact that you, you need to get accustomed to it like all things in jiu-jitsu like getting used to competing you have to you know, have to learn how to deal with the loss as well. Yeah. I mean, especially in jujitsu, you know, you have, you come up through the ranks and you have so many, so many matches and it's such a skill-based thing that there's no way you're not going to lose a jujitsu match in the whole time you compete. You know, you can be a, a heavyweight boxer or like, you know, a pro. And sometimes these guys go, you know, 35 and 0, whatever. But in jiu-jitsu, you just don't see that like nearly as much because it's um it's so skill-based and you have to work your way up. And there's always going to be people who are better than you. So um yeah, there's no way around, you know, there's no way around losing in jiu-jitsu is going to happen. I think that that's the best way to put it is that there is there is really no way, no way around it. And we we see our, I think what's nice is that we see maybe our our heroes as much as like the, the we, we see people who compete at the highest level and there are no easy fights especially if we watch things like adcc it's like the best of the best we get to see those things and we get to be maybe closer than you would be if you watched football or a larger sport you you see people who you may have even trained with who you 
you think, well, there's no one who could beat them and do see them go through losses and then come back and maybe go on a winning streak. Yeah, that's terrifying. There's nothing more terrifying than training with someone who you, who just kicks the absolute shit out of you and is like, you know, every, everyone who comes into the gym, not naming any names, they kick the shit out of them as well. And then they go out and there's still people who can beat them. Um, and it's like, man, there's there's so many levels to it, you know. And and that's uh, when you see those guys, you know, you see the top guys competing against each other, like you said, in ADCC. And you sometimes go, oh, yeah, they're good. But like, they're not that much better than me. You know, I could get up there and like, you know, I, I reckon I do pretty well. And then you see them go against people that, who are just a little bit not quite as good as them but you've trained with those people and you know how good they are and you see what they do to them and it's like oh my god there's like so many levels to to this you know is there is there any moments where you saw high level jujitsu you went from kind of maybe it's usually in the kind of early stages of people learning jujitsu but once you kind of saw it and you were like, oh my God, like that is, that is almost like a whole different world to what I know and understand now. Yeah. I mean, I had, you know, two experiences and I know I've talked about them a lot, but I'll, I, I will talk about them a lot. The first time I think I saw Dom, I rolled with Dom and saw Dom roll. I was amazed because I was watching him you know grab kimuras from places that i just didn't you know because you learn the kimura from the closed guard right you sit up you go for the hip bump sweep it doesn't work they post you grab the kimura and you're like okay that's where a kimura exists it's from closed guard and then i see dom grabbing a kimura from literally every single position that his body seems to be in. he can just grab one and i'm like whoa that's crazy and i like i didn't know that was possible and i and i and that kind of was like oh okay you know that this is a this is a different kind of thing and then when i rolled with yusuf for the first time it was like a different experience it was like his weight and his pressure um like people talk about the humbling experience you get when you start jujitsu and i was quite athletic coming into jujitsu i'd done boxing when i was younger i'd played rugby and i did okay against you know the sort of uh you know, middle-aged blue belts and what have you. But when I went against Yusuf, it was th that humbling feeling really settled in because it was like I was a child and I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, once he passed my guard and got on top of me, I couldn't move. And it was like this, you know, this feeling of like, ab like this person has absolute power over me sort of thing. So both of them were like the first introduction to high-level jujitsu, but they both had very different impacts um on me when i first trained with them and you talked about finding kimuras from anywhere people when people learning jujitsu they kind of play and discover with techniques whether it's things like kimura traps or leg lock whatever it is is there a particular how do you like to explore new paths new styles new techniques is there a particular way in which you like to explore it do you test for a certain period amount or a period of time or do you just go with maybe what's being taught and then take what you like yeah that's a great question i mean i would say the first place i always look is high level competition and i go okay what is working in high level competition 
okay so that's the that's my first filtering system of like because there's so many techniques you can learn right so I always go okay the first place we look is high level competition what is submitting world-class black belts what uh, is what passes are working on world-class black belts and then from there i choose um I, I you know i think that then it comes down to sort of personality and what you're naturally drawn to and stylistically because it's like clearly all of this stuff works it's working at the highest level but it's like what works for me what am i interested in and what's going to work for my body type as well ultimately so then that's like the second level and then after i work on that i try it out in the gym and if i like it i'll generally uh drill things a lot so obviously i like to start drilling with zero resistance and then i like to incrementally build up the resistance so it's it's difficult when you have um a training partner who's drilling with you just to go okay i want 10 percent resistance now i want 20 percent resistance now i want 30 it's difficult to actually do that but what you can do is roll with people who you are much much better than and practice these techniques and then roll with someone closer to your level then at your level um, and build it up that way so i find that's a like a really good system of like selecting techniques and then drilling them and then working them into a skill level where you can apply them on people who are a similar skill level to you. And there's, um, I can't remember who said it now, but someone said uh, it might've been Dana Ho even uh, around testing on white belts and, and using as you work your way through kind of people of lower mid and same and then higher levels, you can practice and, um, and see what works and then, using the higher belts to find mistakes that you're making because they're, they're going to spot mistakes that you make that maybe lower belts or the people at the same rank level wouldn't. Yeah, I think, yeah, the, I think the important thing to take away from that is just there's value to training with every single different skill level, uh, body type, you know, big guys, smaller guys. There's advantages to training to ev with every single one of them. So you should never, you should never just train with people. You know, people have this thing of like iron sharpens iron, and that's true in a sense. You know, sometimes, but like if you really want to get good, you've got to spend a lot of your time training with people who you're better than. You know, in my opinion, because that allows you to really sharpen up on your techniques. When I roll with Dom, I'm not sharpening up on my techniques. I'm going 100% balls to the wall, just my A game, and that's it. So you know, you're you're when when that when that happens, you're you know you're improving your uh, mental toughness, you're improving your ability to compete, to perform under pr pressure, and you're maybe slightly improving those A game sort of moves that you know how to do, and you're getting them slightly sharper. But you know, that's there's a time and place for that, and then there's a time and place for all the other kinds of training and a lot of this i mean I, I kind of keep going back to it about influence but um are there any grapplers uh you you mentioned gary tonan before and i guess it's all by, it, it's all influenced by the style that you like but are there any particular people that you've continued kind of consistently looked at from day dot or that you are currently looking at for for inspiration and for maybe particular styles that you that you enjoy to watch and that you draw from 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's not, there's definitely not like one grappler that I look at and I go, okay, I want to be like that grappler, you know, like I want to look at myself eventually and go, Ollie Webb is my favorite grappler. You know, that's the goal. And so I take elements from lots of different people. I, I love Gary Tonin's, um just whole style just like his wrestling and like how he integrates his jujitsu with his wrestling. I think it's amazing. Um, and the other thing I really like about him is from what I've heard of the way he trains um, and how he will really, like he really uh, lets himself be put in like lots and lots of bad positions by people who are, you know, not so good. He'll let people get his back and put an actual, like a, a full rear naked in. And I think that like speaks to who he is as a, as a character and how he's really dedicated to getting better. You know, that's, I think that says something about someone when they can do that. So I, I, I admire that as much as his style and his techniques. And then obviously I watch Gordon because Gordon's, you know, the best around at the moment, no gi. Um, and he's just, you know, he's just outclassing everyone technically. So he's obviously a great person to watch. I've, I've always liked um, Marcelo Garcia's style a lot. And obviously he, he sort of has like a set of things he does and that's kind of all he does, but he's so good at them. And it's kind of when you have somebody who specializes in just a, like a smaller amount of techniques, they um, become, you know, they reach levels with those techniques that other people's can't because, you know, obviously people want to be well-rounded, but, you don't want to be a jack of all trades and a master of none. And I think Marcelo is the absolute opposite of that. Like he's, he's like a, he's an absolute master of everything he does. And um, there's, there's something about him like that, that I just love watching. And then, <clears throat> so I would say between those three guys, Marcelo, Gordon, and Gary, those guys are probably the guys I watch the most. I love Craig Jones as well, obviously. Um, and I think it is it, very easy to see kind of maybe what aspects that you draw from draw from uh, each person and uh, especially Gary um, watching you having watched you uh, some of the footage of you competing. Um, I think something that we all love about Gary Tonnen is just the, I guess the, the word that comes to mind, but probably maybe not the best word for it, but the fearlessness in which he, competes or the the commitment to what he does um uh and it's the i'm going to i'm going to chase this i'm not going to be scared of the risk and i think that's something that um i saw in part in your compete uh, in you competing was it, it was about the performance there was no it was almost that you you weren't kind of hesitant about the loss which although you've said that you're not able to deal with losing maybe as quite as well as you you're you will do um maybe one day i think that that's something that i quite admire and i quite appreciate in competitors is the fact that they 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 aren't worried about the win or loss in the moment they aren't concerning themselves or altering their style because of that yeah well first of all really appreciate that man um i would say um i what you know with Nogi nowadays, it's it can be quite easy to disengage in things, and uh, and you see a lot of guys who play top, 
who are you know world-class black belts and i know gordon talks shit about these people all the time so they don't he doesn't really need help from me but there's people um who will literally go up against the leg locker and just back away and and like then try and jump and guard pass and like without real technical sort of um any any technique behind it not any technique but just like they're not playing jujitsu they're just trying to win and i don't like that style at all and i and i think it's really bad for the sport and i sort of the more i see people doing that sort of anti-jujitsu type thing the more i want to be like no i i I never i never ever want to compete like that you know i want to step into people's guards and i want to try and pass i want to try and you know attack them from top position i I never want to be someone who's just going to um basically do anti-jiu-jitsu on someone just to try and win because i'm not interested in that and that's where people enjoy jiu-jitsu i think it, it can be frustrating for someone who maybe has never watched jiu-jitsu even for nogi as if they see that it they're going well there's nothing really happening um and it can it can get boring for them quite quickly mm-hmm yeah, and even just for the people who do jujitsu as well, <laughs> you know, sometimes you see, you know, two athletes who are like, oh, "I can't wait to see this match," and then you watch the match and it's just terrible because one guy just isn't engaging. Generally, is what happens, and it's all because they just want to win. And I, I, I don't consider that a win. You know, like just winning by marginal decisions and stuff like that, where you haven't really engaged and you've just sort of done just enough just to get you know the in the judges eyes to win um yeah i i don't like that jujitsu well let's 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 move on let's talk a little bit about goals um everyone has uh, each competitor has their own personal journey and their own personal set of goals and is there anything that currently you have in mind or that that you're looking um kind of forward to to uh, compete or to travel or to train is what are kind of your eye what have you got your eyes on at the moment um so the uh the next goal i have is to win the next competition i'm going to be in so i'm competing at raw uh, raw grappling in london on the 14th of november um and it's at the indigo o2 so it's an eight-man um invitational tournament for uh and that all the people on the card in, in my bracket are blue belts so it's kind of like the best blue belts in the country have been select, like handpicked to compete on this event and um it would be awesome to win that you know it'd be awesome to win that and you know solidify myself as one of the best blue belts in the country but of course nowadays especially in nogi a belt is you know kind of neither here nor there um you have young competitive blue belts going out and submitting black belts in nogi competitions so it's not necessarily being um one of the best blue belts but just one of the you know best up-and-coming guys um and i know there's some some good guys on that card um who if i beat it's gonna definitely you know show me in a good light so winning that is is part of the goal more showcasing my my style as i've talked about already is would be the main goal so once that's done um i'd really like to travel to america so i uh i applied for the b team and they accepted my application and all of that kind of thing so i'm definitely going to go out to texas uh austin texas and uh train there after that i'd like to travel i mean 
I, I want to kind of train that. I also want to go and train with Gordon and John. So I don't know if I'm going to cause any sort of beef by doing that. <laughs> so I, uh, I'd like to train with both. I'd also love to, you know, America's obviously like uh, got so many like amazing gyms literally everywhere. So I'd love to go and um, drive along and maybe go to New York if I can get in um, and train at Marcello's and Unity and all of that kind of thing. Um, I Another gym I'd really love to go to would be going to um, where the Daisy Fresh guys train. I think it's called Pedago Submission Fighting in illinois which is like a really weird dangerous place i think <laughs> but that'd be that, that would be like an awesome place to train just because I, I just love i mean everyone loves those guys anyway but i just love like for me watching those guys like the the daisy fresh sort of series it's like um it really embodies what like the jujitsu lifestyle should be um and i just uh i'd love to train out there so those those are my main goals but i'd also of course like to go and um compete when i'm out in america as well but um i i don't like to look too far ahead into the future i like to sort of you know face what's right in front of me at the moment and that's what i'm that's what i'm doing so i'm preparing hard for this next competition and then yeah hopefully go to uh america in the new year focusing on the raw grappling competition it's it'll be a it'll be a step up for you in terms of a different kind of spotlight, um, uh, a, a, a different kind of audience um, and a different kind of format than maybe that you've done before. I don't know if you've done anything where it is. I mean, you have brackets in a, a standard JITS competition, but something where it is a set tournament, you know who the competitors are in every single bracket. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes I, I generally do look up people um like if i'm going to a local tournament i'll look up the guys who are going to be in it but obviously that's sometimes difficult um just because it's hard to find them on social media or whatever but i know mo who most of these guys are so um it gives me you know uh, a bit of a bit of advantage because um i can um know slightly more about their game and all that kind of thing because i can find them online it's obviously an advantage for them too because they can see videos of me and a bit of footage of me out there and what my game's like. So, um, yeah, definitely will be slightly different. But um, at the end of the day, it's you know I don't know exactly who I'm going to be fighting. There's seven other guys on the card, so really it's it's just about making sure my A game is very sharp and um, I can get to my good positions before they can. And it's interesting that you talk about ranks and them not being as applicable in no gear. I think sometimes it's hard for people to get their head around, but we do have the, I could probably pick five names who of blue belts who maybe are now purple belts who've submitted a, a load of black belts already. Um, but do you think that that changes how we view who's good at jujitsu, especially in the no gear world? Um, do you think that changes a lot about how we consider ranks now? It's more so about who you've beaten rather than what belt you've got around your waist. Yeah, I think it, it definitely it definitely does. I know it's you know it's slightly probably I don't know too much about the gi world at the moment, but it's probably slightly different over there. But yeah, I mean, the belt is becoming 
seemingly less valuable valuable in one sense i mean it's it's just it's just not necessarily representative of how technically good someone is you know um and the other thing about the bell system is i think every gym sort of has a slightly different criteria on how they uh give belts out you know some people might give belts out based on knowledge or experience or how much time they've been training that it's just i wouldn't say it's like um less valuable necessarily mm. but it just doesn't it just doesn't represent the actual skill level of that individual and i think that's become very very obvious especially in the last few years and are there any particular uh this I, i'm not turning this into a call up thing but are there any particular <laughs> um people or competitions that you you do have your eye on that you you were like that that is one of the set things that i'd love to do or love a people i'd love to compete against there's there's not like you know certain people i'd love to compete against at this point i'm just sort of there's so many people i need to go out there and beat but um i would say the i'd love to do the next adcc trials and um when the uh, the next adcc that happens and i'd love to fight adcc that would be my dream would be to be you know um the uh win my my weight category at adcc um and i think you know we've seen you know in recently a lot more uk grapplers coming up and and uh doing a lot better in the nogi scene and making waves across the season stuff so obviously owen o'flanagan i think just won adcc trials ross nichols was obviously in the last adcc and uh it's really cool to see you know i think i look up to people like ross and um owen and, and jed hugh and people like that because they're really putting uk on the map at the moment um so it, it's it's inspiring and it and it makes me go okay I, I could definitely do this if those guys could do it i could do it i try and find the best way of describing this and i still haven't put my finger quite on it but does it make you feel like you're part of a, a wave of jujitsu like for the uk because we have brazil and america and these are kind of places where there's an expectation of good jujitsu and there's an expectation that these are the places where the best grapplers in the world are likely to come from or the majority of the best grapplers in the world so then when we move away from those countries and places like you know the uk which we're now kind of we've had the first maybe couple of tranches of people who've managed to get to the highest level and compete at the highest level in nogi does it feel like we're in that next wave now that suddenly there's going to be a surge of grapplers from the UK? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and going up and training at places um, like London Grapple, for example, that's a place I've been training a fair, a fair amount recently. I want to train there a lot more because it's great. But you see this new school of people who have watched, you know, Gary Tone and Gordon Ryan, the Danaher guys, um, just those guys as an example like and really adopted their techniques and following the trends of like what are the new techniques and um they're so good that and there's a, and there's a lot of them and um i think you know this this adcc now this adcc trials now is obviously put us on the map but i think like in a couple years time we're gonna have a lot and a lot of people going to the trials and smashing it you know 
so uh there's a lot that i think it's a really good time for the uk grappling scene at the moment it's an exciting time is 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 uh the, probably the best the best way i can describing it um well we we get on to quick fire round which is just a couple of quick questions um which are both amusing and uh, easy to answer but uh, cool. i'm going to add in one that someone's asked which is less of a question and um, well more of a it feels like something that is a quiz but someone has asked well asked you to answer what travels all around the world but always stays in the corner so they've asked um, you a riddle that's that's a difficult one i don't know maybe a, uh, a guard puller or something like that <laughs> You know what? That's a better response than the actual answer because I'm pretty sure the actual. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think this was asked by Rob Nitman, um, but I think the actual answer is a, uh, a a stamp. But I feel like that should. Be, I feel like the a guard puller is a far better answer. Yeah, they're usually off crying in a corner somewhere because they've lost. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to put that up there. That's the, uh, the best, <laughs> best not, not correct answer to a riddle. Um, <laughs> but let's get on to the proper questions, which is uh, SIE, yay or nay? Yes. Uh, wrestle or pull guard? I don't think I need to answer that question. Uh, yes. <laughs> ADCC champion or IPJJF champion? ADCC champion. Uh, use one word to describe each rank. From okay, white so, to black, black. Oh god, that's such a difficult question. Um, okay. Uh, white beginner. Blue. Beginner. <laughs> <laughs> Still beginner about. Um, purple. Advanced. Brown, more advanced, and black expert. <laughs> but that's such an impossible question to answer. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's a terrible answer to a, a terrible question. So there you go. Uh, biggest grappling inspiration. I mean, you've mentioned this before that there's not just one. If you have, I'll tell you what, let's change the question. Um, uh, let's move it, let's change it to uh, if you could fight anyone, dead or alive, in Jiu Jitsu. Compete against everyone. Yeah. Okay. I've thought, I've actually been thinking about this question. It would be, I'd, I'd be very interested to train with Hicks and Gracie in his prime, just because there's a lot of hype around him from obviously the people that were around him. And I know, I doubt he'll obviously have a good understanding of like the leg lock game and stuff, but I'd love to just feel what he felt like. Um, and because obviously he had, a very impressive mindset and just the way he lived was like a, a samurai but um yeah I, i'm very curious to see how good he actually was so I, probably I, hickson that's a good answer because a lot of people pick kind of high level people who have just come and gone but actually people like hickson and helio and like that that kind of you know original set of gracies like under just seeing what jiu-jitsu was like because there's such a mythos around it that you want to know what's real and what isn't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We know how good Gordon Ryan is, you know, he's beating the shit out of everyone, but no one really knows how good Hickson is. I mean, obviously the people who trained with him did, but it seems like everyone who's trained with him says the same thing. And it's that, you know, we got our asses kicked. So 
yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, hardest part of training? Hardest part of training or com- of training? Competing, just training. Hardest part of training. Um, just getting to the gym is the hardest part because once you're there, you know, you're going to put yourself through whatever's in front of you generally. So that plus getting the shit kicked out of me by Dom every day. Those are the two difficult things. <laughs> uh, favorite type of caffeinated. We're a lover of coffee on this podcast. Um, How are you? Okay. Uh, I, if you if you're a lover of coffee or caffeinated substances, whether that be energy drinks or what, favorite favorite caffeinated substance or favorite coffee if you have one. Yeah, I don't. I actually don't drink anything with caffeine in it. The only time the only time I drink anything with caffeine is in it is if I was having like a rum and coke. So. If a rum and coke counts as a as a caffeinated drink, then that's my favorite one. <laughs> that's a fantastic answer. A rum and coke. Uh, a rum and coke. <laughs> maybe not before class. No. Although I've always said that, as like I, I remember saying to my old coach that, um, as like a Christmas party, the best thing to do would be to like do a round and then have a drink and then do another sparring round and then have another drink. Yeah, it'd be very interesting. I know I heard Kurt Osiander talking about how. I don't know if it was him or someone else talking about how they used to get drunk and then go and lift weights because they would say that they're most likely to get in a fight when they're drunk. So they should know how to be, you know, able to use physical exertion when they're drunk. So yeah, it'd be good. It'd be good training for that reason. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I'd be lifting weights purely because I know that I'd end up dropping them on myself. <laughs> uh uh, two two more questions. First one, uh, next one is: Is um, there anything that you've taken from your music experience uh, into the field of jujitsu? Yeah, I mean, as I spoke about before, I would probably say the biggest one was just being in university and being taught by some really amazing teachers, um, and and taking sort of the principles of learning from that and applying them to jujitsu. Uh, and the final question is, if someone could play you in a movie, who would it be and what kind of movie would it be? If someone could play me in a movie, who would it be? Um, okay. Um, well, I don't know if this really answers the question, but I know uh, they might be looking for a new James Bond. And if... Uh, if there's any kind of audition process or an opportunity for me to be the new James Bond, then I'm definitely going to try and take it. <laughs> so that doesn't really answer your question, but there you go. Is, is there a James Bond that you would, uh, that is there one James Bond actor that you would like be happy f- to play you? Yeah. I mean, Daniel Craig's pretty cool. Okay. So, I don't uh, know if he does yeah. jujitsu. I think he's one of the few kind of big action stars that I don't know does jujitsu. No, I know obviously Keanu does and like Tom Hardy and stuff do it. But yeah, I'd always love to run into one of those Those guys would be interesting to train with too, you know. Well, uh, I think you've got your best chances are Tom Hardy or Henry, Henry Cavill chains as well, doesn't he? Superman. Yeah. Also, uh, Russell Brand just got his purple belt as well, right? Exactly. Well, he what's checked, his yeah. What's his name? It's a black belt. Uh, Guy Ritchie, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's fascinating, man. I, I watched his uh his interview on um Joe Rogan was actually really interesting. He's a really interesting guy. 
So yeah, if you could tap one of those guys, that's always one to uh, to add to the mantelpiece. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, Ollie Bates is the new James Bond. Um, Ollie Ollie Webb. Ollie Webbs. I don't know why I said <laughs> Ollie Bates. Apologies. I'm gonna. Ollie uh, Bates is really. Ollie, Ollie Bates is really good though. Ollie Ollie Bates. <laughs> It could be the could be the James Bond. You can share it if you want, but I don't think you're going to want to share being James Bond. Uh, that's uh, funny. Yeah, uh, Ollie Webb is the new James Bond. Um, is there any particular? Are you going to still going to go for the Aston Martin, and uh, or are you going to uh, are you going to just spend your time traveling and submitting villains rather than shooting guns? Yeah, that's that's that sounds cooler. I, I definitely would use jujitsu to strangle people instead of instead of shooting them um and i feel like the bad guy has to do some sort of alternative sport they could do karate they could just pull guard to be fair and i and i wouldn't like them then they'd be my enemy oh my god you're you're ollie webb with a license to wrestle (laughs) exactly well uh what way to uh end the podcast ollie it's it's been a pleasure been having you on and uh we look forward to seeing you on raw grappling absolutely man it's been a pleasure to to be on and again feel free to come down and train anytime you want i look forward to it i hope you enjoyed that as much as i did to keep up to date with all our latest stuff follow us at the prodigy podcast on instagram